NFL. Now here's your hosts, Root and Y. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Woot and Why, a uh, special special college game preview, Sydney Cup preview. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's, What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Wait, 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 wait. Everybody, just calm down. I'm excited for the day. I'm pumped. Me too. We, uh, we... I think, uh, I think everyone's just ready that it's finally here. Yep. Kickoff is at 12 noon in Sydney at ANZ Stadium. There's Plenty of tickets sold. I think it's 70-something thousand with Eric, at least, expecting there. So it's going to be a huge, huge event. There is a pre-game tailgate organized by Cal and Hawaii at Exhibition Hall. Please check the Cal and Hawaii websites. It's all over Facebook and things as well. Um, it's a $60 entry fee, and there's a there's a barbecue and whatnot going on in the morning. At, I think it starts about 9 o'clock, finishes at 11.30, and then you can head to, to the game from there. So... Bear that in mind. Marshall Lynch is also in Sydney for the event. Thursday night, Bondi Junction Rebel Sport will be signing uh, Beast Mode gear. Uh, he's all about that action, boss. That's when it just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. They're just not going to want that. Think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a motherfucking face. Then you don't have to worry about them no more. And uh, we, uh, we'll be heading over, won't we? We will be. Yep. Trying to um, get our Skittles individually signed. <laughs> What's your favorite Skittle? Purple. Or oh, red. What, where were you pre-purple? Because purple's the newest flavor. Black currant, maybe. It's good. It's a good one. It is a good one. Uh, to, be, to be honest. Yeah. It's a rainbow ball in my mouth. It's oh, it's not an individual thing with me. Okay. It's uh, how many can I fit in? There's a quote of the day. Rainbow rainbow ball in my mouth. Wow. No, it's how many can I fit in my mouth? Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is our preview. So we've got uh, two guests coming on the show. We already spoke with Connor Latorne. Now, there's controversy over where I, whether I got the name right, but um, Connor didn't correct me. So if, if I did, I apologize, Connor. Don't give it. I apologize, Connor, but uh, he speaks. He spoke to us this morning uh, regarding Cal, and then uh, shortly after, later after recording this this afternoon, I will speak with uh, Ian. Another tough surname, Sheringer, S C H E U R I N G. He's a uh, Sheringer. Sheringer. Shering. Ian Shering. I'm gonna go with. I know how to say this. No, no, you don't. Okay. Okay. He's a sports anchor and reporter for the Hawaii News, and he's down in Sydney for. For the event, so he's down here covering it, following Good job Hawaii. With that. Yeah, sorry, he's following. Oh, this is a terrible intro from us. Poor form. That is correct. Just a heads up that uh, ESPN over in America asked us to help help them out with um, some coverage on the event. So we're um, looking for any stuff to do with the event as a whole. We're we're not covering the football sides of things. They have the college football e- experts for that, but they just want someone. Um, to look at the vibe of the day and the atmosphere. So if you are at the event or attending the event or any of the pregame events, please um, tweet us at Wooten Y. Um, anything that you think's cool. If you see someone dressed up in, in full-on face paint, if something you know breaks out and there's a, there's a bit of song and dance and some celebra- celebrations Celebrate. or anything, 
anything cool like that, please send that to us and tweet that to us because uh, we'll be able to use that and, and put that in the and article. And we'll credit everyone. And yes, and we'll put that article, uh, uh, put that tweet or that video or that photo in our article that we, we'll be submitting to ESPN. So please uh, help us out with that and we'll try to keep our eyes everywhere at ANZ Stadium. Um, and uh, everywhere. that's it. Everywhere. So uh, just a quick rundown as well on this game. Uh, football Outsiders project... Cal to have a record of four, four and eight, or three and nine this season is their most likely based from their football outsiders almanac, and they project Hawaii to be a two or three win team. So, look, that's nothing to get too excited about in terms of wins, but you got to factor in the schedule of the teams that they're playing. And Hawaii have a really t- tough stretch to start the season, and and Cal have some big names on the schedule this year. But these are these are still going to be two high flying, entertaining uh, teams, and we're going to see a plenty of points on they. Uh, Hawaii conceded 20-plus points in every game they played last year, and Cal did the same in all but two occasions. So just a little st- some little stats for you before we get straight into it. Damn. Yeah, so Juicy plenty of points. stats from the Y-Man. Plenty of points. Sydney Cup stats, man. All right, let's uh, get into our interview with uh, Connor Latorne. Joining us on the line to talk all things Cal Bears is Connor Latorne. You can follow him on Twitter at con underscore cron. I like the handle very very creative. He's a uh, Cal beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, and you can find his work over at San Francisco Chronicle on sfchronicle.com slash sports slash college. Welcome to the Woot and Why Show. How are you going, Connor? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're doing all right. We're um, we're getting excited, aren't we, Woot? Yep. It's uh, how many days away now? About four or five? Four or five days away now from uh, a, you know, a college football game in our backyard, so we're very excited. Uh, we've got you on here to talk uh, about the Cal Bears, and before we get to, into the football side of things, we just want to ask you, what was the general feeling from players and coaching staff about traveling sort of halfway across the world to Australia to play football when it was first announced? And then how's the feeling in camp over the last few weeks as it you know drew closer to the date? Well, I, I think everyone was really excited, really, this entire time, ever since it was announced back in November. Uh, there's a real excitement around this because it's so unheard of. I mean, a lot of these players have never been out of the country. Um, I think 75 of the 105 players who traveled had never had a passport, so wow. they had never been hadn't been out of the United States. So it was a big deal for them on a personal level. Uh, for the for the university, for the athletic department, it was also a big deal because it was a big um, influx of cash. I mean, they're going to be making more than a million dollars off of this, which for a university where the athletic department is operating in the red right now. They're they're facing a bit of a budget crisis at the moment. So this was a huge boon for them financially. So in that respect, they're also uh, very excited. But, uh, you know, in really the past couple weeks, um, you can really feel the, the fervor around the team whenever you you talk to them about this game. Um, this is, they're, they're the first to admit that this is not your typical game. Uh, obviously, they want a win, just like always, but uh, there's more excitement around it than uh, than normal. That's awesome. I'm glad we could help out financially. <laughs> <laughs> we can help about it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that I mean, from what I've heard, uh, the the promoters down there had reached out to a decent amount of schools, and I think Cal was the first one, if not the only one, to really 
pounced at the opportunity. And I, I think part of it was they saw the, the gain that this could be for them financially. For those listening that aren't too familiar, what can people expect from a college football game day? Uh, well, I'm, I'm curious to see if how similar it is down there uh, to what we have in the States. But it looks like from what I've seen online, you guys are going to kind of try to replicate it. But um, really, in the United States, it's, you know, it's every Saturday in the fall. It's it's an event, you know. It's uh, it's something people get excited about. You wake up early, you go to the you go to the parking lot of the stadium, you tailgate with your friends, you drink, you uh, you know, make hot dogs, burgers, uh, play you know different little games outside your cars. You know, you might throw the football around, that kind of stuff. Um, then you go to the game, and uh, you know you're all decked out in your gear. You're you know, you got face paint on, all that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of times the party will extend, well, you know, deep into the evening if, if you're uh, team one. So it's, it's, it's really a national pastime. Uh, you know, even if you're not a fan of a specific team, you're probably going to spend a lot of your Saturday in front of the TV watching college football. It's kind of just what is done in the States. Nice. All right, let's look first at the offense. Obviously, last year's quarterback, Jared Goff, is still in California but playing for the Rams. How do you think his replacement uh, in Texas Tech's transfer, Davis Webb, will fare in uh, Coach Dyke's bear-rate offense? Well, getting Davis Webb was pretty much a best-case scenario for Cal because, obviously, like you said, uh, they lost Jared Goff, who was the number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, best quarterback in the country last year, and they bring in a guy who is rated the number one quarterback draft prospect by ESPN, the guy who probably will be a first or second round NFL draft pick next year. Um, He had kind of a unique situation at Texas Tech where he was starter there for a couple years, put up really nice numbers, got injured, and then the guy who replaced him was just phenomenal, one of the ended up being one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So a guy who could start for almost any college football team in the country was out of a starting job. And uh, Cal was able to land him. Uh, And the funny thing is, a big reason why he went to Cal was because they run pretty much the exact same offense as his previous school. So he didn't have to learn really any new terminology. It's pretty much the exact same playbook. He came in day one and already had a pretty good grasp of that offense because he had run it for three years at his previous school. So um, it's been a seamless trans- transition, and I think he's going to be a really nice player for them. There we go. Nice. I'm excited to yeah. watch to watch him play. Uh, quarterback aside, what would you say is the biggest strength of this offense, uh, you know, when you look at it as a whole? Well, it, it's, you know, it, uh, Cal's offense is termed the bear raid. Uh, obviously, they're the Bears. The Bear Raid is a take on Air Raid, which is a famous spread offense, which is very uh, pass-heavy. So they love to air it out. They love uh, they love the deep ball. Uh, you know, you're going to see a guy guys with 40 yard catches, 50 yard catches. Uh, that's something they're they're known for. Um, they lost their six top receivers from last year, all of whom are in the NFL. So their their receiving core is basically starting from scratch, but they have two really talented freshmen in Malquis Stovall and Demetrius Robertson, both of whom were big-time recruits, probably two future NFL players who are going to come in and, and be playmakers from day one. So that was a big, a big, uh, addi- those are big additions for them. 
They also return a guy named Chad Hansen, who is their leading returning receiver, who's going to be a good player. Um, they also and they have a pretty good run game. Uh, they have three running backs who pretty much share carries, um, all of whom are some of the better running backs in their conference, and they have a good O line. So I think the offense is going to put up big numbers, especially in a get me against the defense like Hawaii's. Uh, you're going to see a lot of scoring. The question with Cal is their defense. They uh, they're going to struggle defensively, which is could be fun for you guys because I expect both teams to score a lot. Yes, I I, I agree. It's it's like you just read my uh, the next question. Um, the receiving the, you said the receiving call is going to pretty much have to start start fresh. Um, what can we expect from them in week one? What are you expecting? Well, it's there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. I, I expect. Uh, there to be some mistakes, you know, it's going to take a while before you get all the timing down with a new quarterback. Um, the reality is against a defense like Hawaii's Hawaii. I don't know if you guys know a ton about Hawaii, but Hawaii is a football program that's really struggling right now. Uh, there was even talk about it being cut at one point. Um, and they just don't have the athletes, I think, to keep up with Cal's receivers. So even if, those freshmen that I mentioned, Mel Quistoval, Demetrius Robertson, even if they aren't, you know, don't have the the nuances of the of their routes down at this point, uh, they're just so much, I think, faster and more athletic than what Hawaii is going to offer. That they're going to be wide open is is what I think is going to happen. So you're going to see a lot of just you know broken plays where Demetrius Robertson's open 35 yards downfield for a touchdown. I think that's. I expect that to be what what happens. There we go. I, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'm expecting a lot of points, and that's going to be good for the crowd down here because um, a high flying, entertaining game is what is what you want. Although some of the best football games are when the defense plays really, really good. But in college, obviously, you you, you you're there to watch points and touchdowns. You've mentioned Demetrius Robertson a few times, and he's a guy that we've circled in our depth chart to, to someone for some to be someone that we watch out for on game day is there any other players in particular that you know you could see possibly uh, in the future playing playing on Sundays over there and Mondays here for us in the NFL on offense uh definitely uh like I mentioned Davis Webb the Texas Tech transfer quarterback I expect him to be an early round draft pick next year yep uh, he could be running he could be running in an NFL offense literally next year I think he's that good. Um, so Davis Webb, Demetrius Robertson, the other freshman run, uh, wide receiver I mentioned, Melquis Stovall, he's a playmaker. He's a short guy, uh, comes out of the slot. He's one of those guys who um, gets a lot of yards after catch, so he breaks tackles. He's got a bunch of spin moves. He's, he's really a playmaker in, in every sense of that word. So I expect him to be an NFL guy. Uh, Chad Hansen, that the their top returning receiver, even though he hasn't played a ton, he's really fast, uh, has really good hands. He could be an NFL guy. Then you also have a couple O linemen, Chris Barreo, uh, Stephen Moore, who could be in the NFL, and you have at least one or two running backs who have a chance too. So I mean that, even though this is kind of a new look offense, they have a lot of talent, a lot of talent, and I think you're going to be seeing a lot of these guys in the NFL. Now, on the flip side, that defense, I'd be hard-pressed to find a single guy that, that's going to play in the NFL on that defense. Ouch. Um, <laughs> all right. Speaking of the defense, though, what, what, are, what are some of the strengths and weaknesses of this Cal defense? Um, so, this, this is a little history on the Cal defense. Um, 
the the coaching staff at Cal has been there. This is their fourth year now, and the first two years the defense was historically bad. Uh, they gave up in 2014. They gave up the most passing touchdowns in major college football history. Um, and last year they were much better. They they were in the middle of their conference in most of the defensive categories. Um, but they lost their six top tacklers from that defense, mm-hmm. including one guy who was supposed to be a senior this year, but tore his ACL and is out for the year. So, and they didn't really replace those guys with anyone of substance. There's no, unlike the offense, there's no big recruits. There's no transfers. So they're kind of replacing these guys with guys who weren't good enough to play last year. So, um, I expect it to be pretty, uh, pretty poor. Um, especially they, they don't really have much of a pass rush. They struggle to blitz, put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Um, and to be honest with you, in terms of strengths, they, they have a couple of good players. They have one, one guy named Darius Allensworth, who's a cornerback and he's kind of the leader of their secondary. He's the one guy that might have a chance in NFL. but really throughout their defense, they struggle with depth. There's no, there's not a lot of options there. Um, so if a guy gets injured or a guy's not playing well, you can't really replace him with, replace him with someone who you're going to be confident in. Um, so it's it's going to be a tricky for them. Yeah, uh, you mentioned you mentioned some players there, uh, and you mentioned that there's probably no sort of NFL talent on defense, so we won't get to see someone like Cameron Jordan or Michael Kendricks that's come through Cal and you know a regular starter in the NFL. But is there some players that you know? We'll show something against this Hawaii offense. Uh, yeah, that we, that we can see Flash maybe make a play or or um, you know be a playmaker um, in the Sydney Cup. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely guys who can make plays. And to be honest, against Hawaii, I think the defense is going to look better than it is because Hawaii's offense is abysmal. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, no no offense to Hawaii, but I've I've seen their I've actually covered them before in games, and their quarterback is probably one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the country. Um, so they're, they're, uh, they're going to probably look okay against Hawaii. I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the quarterback a couple of times. Um, guys to watch up there would be Devontae Wilson, defensive end. He's a guy they, they really are going to be leaning on to get that pass rush going. He's a returning starter. Um, and James Looney, one of their D tackles, he's another returning starter. So they're going to be leaning heavily on them, and and uh, that's really just kind of the state of affairs right now with Hawaii football. The reason Hawaii, I don't know if you guys looked at Hawaii's schedule, did you? Yeah, they they got to go to Michigan, I think after after this. Yeah, so they're Brutal. flying straight from they're going straight from Australia to Michigan, <laughs> and playing at the big house in front of over a hundred thousand people. Um, fun with all that jet lag and fatigue. And obviously, if Cal wasn't willing to play anyone right after this trip because they're going to be pretty tired, so they're taking a week off. But Hawaii just needs the money so bad because their their athletic department struggling so much that they are literally just kind of throwing themselves to the wolves and playing one of the best teams in the country in front of 100,000 people on the road right after this camp. Yeah, that's um, that's going to be ugly. I, I spoke to to Coach Rolovich when he was out here last month doing some satellite camps, and he mentioned that that's a very tough schedule, but, um, you know, that he's just trying to embrace it in in a positive way and just say that it'll toughen the toughen the team up for the 
back end of the season, but um, it's you know an optimistic approach. I, I give him credit, but it, it is a daunting uh, feeling to to do all that travel in such a short amount of time. Yeah, actually, I talked to him the other day, and uh, one thing he said to me that I he might have said this to you guys as well was uh, they're they actually look at this as an important recruiting trip for them because they're actually trying to recruit guys in New Zealand and Australia, and not just special teams guys, but you know linebackers, defensive ends. Is is that is that I just out of curiosity? Is that is that something that's kind of growing over there? Is is you know you hear about the the punters and the, and the kickers coming over here, but do you, do you expect us to see more more other positions coming out of Australia? Yeah, playing college football. It's the interest is definitely growing. Kickers and punters are still you know our bread and butter. Yeah, that's our main export at the moment. But um, <laughs> I mean Adam Adam Gotsis, uh just went in the end of the second round in the in the NFL draft to the Broncos. So we've got, you know, we've got some up-and-comers like that. But, yeah, it's definitely booming ever since uh, Jared Hayne yeah. um, went over there and uh, played third-string running back for the 49ers. So. Yep. And, and Rolovich did mention when he was down here that, that he was here to recruit as many Aussies as he could, um, good football players. He, he credited our toughness, and so did uh, offensive line coach uh, Naoli. He he mentioned that too. And we do have a couple. They, they have uh, Max Hendry. I'm not sure if he'll be able to play because the NCAA um, haven't granted access or something yet. Their their rules, you, you probably know, well aware of how stringent their rules are, but he's a defensive lineman that will play for Hawaii this year, and they just signed um, a wide receiver from, from Australia as well. So there's a whole heap of new you know Australians that that'll play for Hawaii um, at the end of the year hopefully yeah that's, that's so what's the reaction down there about this game what's what's the feeling about it I think a lot of people are just interested to see um, like to go and see it live I mean plenty of people have seen it on TV and like you know there's there's a hundred television shows about college football and things like that so I think everyone just wants to you know see what it's about and Experience then if, game yeah game. and if this is successful then kind of see what where it goes from there. Yeah, and for people that play down here as well, it's like huge. I think if if people are generally interested, I think seeing it live would maybe get more people playing down here at like a grassroots level. So, I think that's a that's a benefit for for football and and for teams that are coming down here looking for talent because there is people that have the tools that that can that can play college football. You just need to get them early so they have time to develop and and make something of their of their tools. Yeah, and I think I think it's interesting too because I think college football in a lot of ways is like, is the most American thing there is. Yep. Um, and I think college sports in the U S probably the most American thing there is because there's nothing quite like that anywhere else in the country, the way that we revere college sports. I know down there, right. It's more kind of an intramural level in college. Right. And then you have the club teams. Yeah. Our college system isn't quite in, in terms of sport just doesn't match it at all. (laughs) It's just, it's not good at all. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, and here, I mean, there are entire universities that subsist because of their football programs. I mean, there are head football coaches here that make eight million dollars a year. Um, there are entire states where college football programs are their entire identity. So it's. Uh, I think it'll be cool from that perspective for you guys just kind of getting a little taste of that because I think it can kind of be a little bit of a cultural thing I, I talked to someone i met when i was studying abroad who's from australia and she actually studied in at louisiana state university which is a big football school yep. and she told me that that was kind of the biggest welcome to america moment was going to a college football game there awesome 
Yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> um, <laughs> Connor, can we get a prediction? How do, how do you see this playing out? Cal are currently twenty point favourites. Do you do you see that being uh, a, twenty twenty point? You said. Yeah. Do you do you see that as being uh, a good a good line? Yeah, that that sounds about right. I would I would I would uh, I would say my prediction would probably be somewhere like forty eight to twenty. Seven, you know, <laughs> so some, somewhere in that range. Wow. All right, there we go. Forty. <laughs> that's good. A lot of points. So that means the uh, the total game yeah, score no, I, is sixty three. So see how we go. Yeah, I I, expect, I wouldn't be shocked if Cal scored over fifty points um, in this in this one. I think that that would be great for the for the public, because <laughs> um, I I know you know there's going to be. 80-90% of people not knowing what's really going on, I think, but they're just going to get amongst <laughs> it and just embrace what's going on. Yep. So the more points, the better. The more points, the better. Uh, we're talking with Connor Latourne from the San Francisco Chronicle. Before we let you go, one last question. We're going to be there on game day, and obviously we'll get the opportunity to speak to some players. Um, but we don't want to speak to players that will just give us lame coach talk and cliches. Who are some <laughs> players that have you know loads of charisma, entertaining... Or, you know, have a really cool story to tell. Give us a couple of names that you think that we should interview um, and speak to on game day. Okay. That, that's, a good, those are, that's a good question. Um, I would say Trey Watson. He's their, probably their best running back. He loves the media. He loves the spotlight. I, I know he's going to love being there in Australia in front of a huge crowd. Um, very gregarious, fun-loving guy. Sweet. So that's one guy, uh, Trey Watson. And then Darius Allensworth, who I mentioned is probably their best defensive player. He is, uh, he's a very thought, thoughtful, um, introspective guy. He'll give, he'll give thoughtful quotes for sure. Uh, James Looney, defensive tackle, very, uh, fun loving guy as well. So really this team is filled with good quotes. There's not a <laughs> lot of guys that, Sweet. that, uh, just, just give you the canned, Canned answers. Um, I think you're going to enjoy meeting them and, and, and talking with them because I know they're going to enjoy being there. It sounds like they're already having a phenomenal time over there. Yeah, they've been roaming around the city. So they were at Bondi yesterday, and <laughs> uh, I think Trey Watson was doing a Twitter Q and A today. So that makes sense that you know he would be the one, obviously, after what you've just told us. So it seems like it's all all positivity and, and good vibes down here for for the game. Awesome, man. Well, I, I hope you guys have fun. I, I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, it would be good. I wish you you would join us. It would have been good to to go out for a few beers and uh, talk some football. But uh, <laughs> next time when Cal come out, just uh, pencil it in. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know they might they might actually be coming back there. I know I know that there's talk about this being an annual thing, and Cal Cal said that they would definitely want to come back. So there we go. Yeah, we'll definitely adopt Cal as the Australian team. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining Thanks. us, Connor. And uh, you can check out his work at the San Francisco Chronicle and follow him on Twitter at con underscore cron. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks Connor. Big thanks to Connor for joining the show. And now uh, I bid you farewell, Woot, for the rest of the show. I'm going to be taking it out riding solo. That's it. Who sings that song? Riding solo? Yeah. I'm going to go with One Republic. Really? It's not them. I'm just... Oh. Would Jason Derulo be the correct answer? No idea. It is the correct answer. So is that be... the guy that introduces himself at the start of every song, just to make yes, sure you know who he sings singing? his name? Yeah, just in case you didn't know. Oh, that's what I'm going to do that from the podcast. Can we do from that now from now on as our intro? 
I'm just gonna go. Did I stutter? Welcome to the week. I want to do that. Great, great stuff. That was pretty. Um, that was pretty uncanny. Right. <laughs> before, um, before we let you go and I'll finish the show without with uh, talk about Hawaii football with Ian. What's your prediction for the game, or do you have any tips or any bold predictions for the game? Bold prediction. Yeah. Sydney Cup bold prediction. Four passing touchdowns for Cal. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There'll be a pick pick six. Okay. I like that. In the sh- like, yeah. You like that? Pick you six. Like that? R- return for a touchdown. I was about to say, but yeah. that's what the six implies. That's, that's what it does imply. Yeah. All right, and your tip obviously is Cal. Cal by twenty-seven. Okay. There we go. All right, and where can people follow you? Woot? Um, on the streets. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of Sydney. No, uh, literally, the... just type in this tracking device. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's bad. Um, I always put my coordinates on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Now you can find me at Weird Etc on Twitter, and um, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. I'll uh, I'll see you on Saturday for the game. Actually, I'll see you on Thursday for uh, Marshall and Lynching. Beast mode Beast and mode. beverages. Oh, what, what? That's a show pitch idea. By the way, the Beast mode. I was going to say, beast, beast Mode and Bevies, and we'll just... <laughs> beast Mode and Beers or something, and then we'll just... Oh, oh man. Boy. I'm here so I won't get fined. All right, that wraps up your segment of the show. See what, you a, what a segment. See what you a segment. All right, joining me on the line, he's in Sydney, actually. Made the trip down under. It's great to have him here. Is Ian Shuring. He's a sports anchor and editor for Hawaii News Now on KGMB and KHNL in Honolulu, and he's also the producer for the Nick Rolovich Show. Uh, we welcome you to the Wooten Why Show. Ian Shuring, how are you going? Uh, it's going really well, man. I'm really glad to be here in Sydney. It's uh, it's a little bit colder than I'm used to being uh, you know, back home in Hawaii. I, you know, I think neglected to to fully realize that coming down south of the equator in my summer would mean your winter, and so my, my wardrobe is lacking accordingly. Aside from aside from the chilly weather, uh, everything about Sydney has been great so far, and we're really happy to be here. It's uh, it's quite funny, actually, because if you came down last week, it was really, really hot. It's just, it's really weird. Hopefully, it'll it'll fine up and, and get a little bit better for you guys. Is this your first trip to, to Sydney and Australia? Uh, it's my first trip to, to Australia at all. I've uh, Obviously, uh, you know, seeing so much about Australia and, you know, whether it's Sydney or the Great Barrier Reef or some of the other, you know, really cool places that, that this country has to offer. Uh, we know all about the country. Uh, before I got into sports, I used to produce the, the morning news television program uh, for the same station that I work for now. And uh, one of the things I'll always remember is working on New Year's Eve and seeing you guys celebrate the new year you know, 14 hours ahead of us. Um, And so lots of, you know, obviously lots of experience with with, uh, seeing Australia on TV and and reading about it and seeing it in pictures. But uh, first time here. um, And like I said, it's been been really great so far and looking forward to a, a really great next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the next couple of days, how how's the team handled the travel so far, and and how are they finding the first couple of days out uh, down here? You've had a bit of a bit of stuff in the press. I saw uh, I saw a picture in the paper today that they visited the uh, Greater Western Sydney Giants yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they did. That was a a cool experience for for a lot of the guys, especially uh, one in particular, Jelani Tavai, who uh, was featured in in one of the articles I read early this morning. Uh, you know, as a guy who's got a lot of experience with rugby. And so for him to uh, come down here to Australia where he's got some family who, who still live here in the Sydney area and plan on coming to the game and uh, 
to to get the opportunity to to train a little bit with the Giants and to learn some of the the Aussie rules game, I think was a cool experience for him. And and th- these guys are going to be doing a lot of that this week. You know, as as much as they want to focus on the football game that's happening on on Saturday, this is an experience that a lot of these guys are are never going to get again. Uh, we talked to. Uh, Cal coach Sonny Dykes earlier today at, at the Sydney Opera House, they had a uh, press conference for uh, coaches and players from both teams to welcome them, I guess, to, to the Sydney area. And he said, you know, honestly, I've got, you know, 80% of my kids will never get the opportunity to come to Australia again. And so they want to be sure to find some sort of balance between preparing for this football game um, you know, it's the season opener for both teams. They yep. won't have played any game, you know, before that. Uh, and so um, there's always a little bit more to install, a little bit more to cover uh, when it comes to game plan preparation for the first game than really any other game. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to sit in your hotel room the whole time that you're here. There's so much to do and so much to see. And they're trying to find some sort of balance between the two. And and so far, all the things that they've done have been great. You know, you mentioned uh, – the Giants training yesterday. We went. Uh, we accompanied the team to ANC Stadium last night for a uh, for an NRL match with yep. the Rabbitohs here, and and so they've had uh, they've definitely had some fun. To answer your question, as they've been here over the first couple of days, the travel thing wasn't too much of an issue. They got uh, in, you know, at a reasonable hour on Sunday night and got plenty of sleep before practice on Monday. So the travel was good. The first couple of days have been. Uh, you know, pleasure both for, for me professionally and, and for the team as they've been here. And, um, you know, they're going to keep doing the, the same sort of schedule over the next couple of days as, as they get ready for the football game on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think I think it's good to find that balance. As you said, normally we, when we have games out here, they're, they're an exhibition game. But these, these games actually mean something and they're putting runs on the board for their season and it actually means something. So... I, th- I agree that you need to find that balance, and it's good that they're enjoying it, and it and it's part of a a part of a campaign as well to to grow the game and inspire you know people you know in Australia that may want to eventually you know put on the University of Hawaii jersey or the the Cal jersey in the future if they're inspired by that game uh, on on Sunday uh, Saturday. Yeah, so. there's, there's there's no question. I think uh, you know with with the Hawaii football program in particular, they've got you know, a pretty solid track record of, of recruiting here in Australia and, uh, and boasting players on the team who have, who have ties to, to Australia. Uh, this new coaching staff, though, with, with Nick Rolovich, who's a, a former University of Hawaii quarterback, is, is going to target Australia really hard. Uh, I think, you know, obviously their physical proximity to Australia, they're, they're a lot closer here than, yep. you know, anybody else who plays college sports in the United States um, is one reason for it, but they've, they've made a commitment to uh, assisting where they can and to helping the, the American game grow as much as it can here in Australia and a commitment to recruiting the, the players that they can get who have an interest in the game to, to come out to Hawaii. I know uh, coach Rolovich's staff has been out here to Australia yep. already uh, before this trip uh, this year for recruiting. And so, they're going to continue to do that. They've been, uh, you know, impressed with the caliber of guys that they've recruited. Uh, obviously, an incoming freshman in Max Hendry is among, you know, those list of of players who they've targeted in recruiting. Um, 
but the game, like you said, is growing here, and uh, and they're excited to to sort of see that as a new uh, a new recruiting area for them. There's no question about that. Absolutely, and you mentioned them coming out a month ago. I actually went went to that and 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 watched watched them here in Sydney and spoke to Coach Rolovich and Coach Naoli, and they just they just love Australia and they see it as a real breeding ground. So uh, it, it it is really great to see them so passionate about Australia and I hope the fans will do the same and get behind them. But for those that aren't you know, too familiar with Hawaii football, and we have a few people down here that are and are very diehard Hawaii football fans, but even those that aren't used to college football, what can, what can they expect on game day from, you know, from the university of Hawaii? I know uh, there's some pre-match rituals and things that um, people should be looking forward to. Yeah, no question. Uh, Hawaii is a unique place to, to play football in general, uh, whether it's at the, well, I guess we call them high schools in, in the U.S. You might call them secondary schools, I suppose, in Australia. Um, forgive me for not being that culturally aware about that. But no, you, okay. you know, from the high school level on, um, you know, football in, in Hawaii, for whatever reason, uh, means a little bit more to the people there than it does in other parts of the country. And that's not something I think that uh, is a manufactured mindset by the people who play football in Hawaii. I think that's something that, uh, impartial third parties who, is a, who have observed the game in both places will tell you. Yeah. Uh, part of it has to do with the Polynesian culture. Um, you know, that uh, plays a, a huge influence into the game uh, in Hawaii especially, but yeah. uh, elsewhere as well in places that have high concentrations of, of Polynesian people. And the UH football program is one of those programs. You know, from the uniforms to... Uh, the names to, like you said, the pregame rituals. Uh, New, the New Zealand All Blacks rugby rugby club yep. does the haka uh, before games. What uh, what UH has been known to do in the past, uh, and we are sort of in the dark about what they'll do, you know, under this new coaching staff. But uh, what they've done in the past is a Hawaiian version of that of that same sort of tribal war dance known as the ha'a, which is uh, haka just without the K. Uh, And so, you know, there's a a chance we could see uh, something like that, um, you know, on Saturday. But like I said, football is is just a little bit different in Hawaii. It's a little bit more physical. uh, It's a little bit more uh, smash mouth. And, you know, I, I would be shocked if I didn't see that the Hawaii football team on Saturday here in Australia, play with that same sort of fervor and and play with that same sort of mentality in mind. Yep, absolutely. You mentioned the, you know the number of Australians before that have played for Hawaii over the years, and, and a few of them, you know, Paul Manira, Colin Scotts, Alex Ducani, and Scott Hardy. Has the team gotten them involved throughout the week, or do they have any plans to get them involved uh, during the rest of the week? Uh, that's my understanding. Uh, a couple of guys have been through practice already so yep. far this week. You know, obviously they've only practiced twice, but, yep. um, you know, that is that is the plan. And I know some of the guys you just mentioned, I talked to Scott Harding actually just a few hours ago here as we as we record this podcast. He's going to get into to Sydney on Thursday and plans to head straight to the stadium for, uh, for the open practice. And so I know he's planning on coming into town and, and taking part in uh, some of the festivities surrounding this game. So uh, it's been a major point of discussion for, for Coach Rolovich over the course of this week so far has been 
Hawaii's history of, of Australians attending university there and playing football there. Uh, he mentioned on more than one occasion today at that press event uh, how proud he is to coach at a university that has got such close ties with uh, the Australian culture and the Australian people. And uh, if his willingness to have guys like Scott Harding uh, come out to practice um, and attend the game on Saturday is any indication, I, I think he's got a good point. And, and the current players, you mentioned Max Hendry before, and, and, and just last week they've, there's been news of uh, some other players, Dan Gordian and Ben Scrutton, that are eventually going to join the Hawaii team this year. From what you've seen or heard or, or, or know, what can we, can we expect to see Max uh, play um, some snaps in this game, in the opener? Uh, you know, I can't I can't uh, comment on the team's sort of plans yep. to uh, play any individual player. You know, whether you were asking me about Max or about a starting quarterback, uh, it just sort of goes against some of the uh, guidelines that I abide to uh, in covering the team, especially as I cover it for the Nick Rolovich show. So yep. I can't tell you whether or not to expect uh, to see, you know, Max or any of those guys play, and, and if so, how much. But I can tell you what I've seen from Max uh, at practice over the course of uh, fall training camp. Uh, you know, Max is a guy who's obviously physically well-developed. You know, he's got a athletic history here uh, in Sydney already. Yeah. Big frame, big guy, six, four or so uh, moves well for a guy of his size. And, and as he gets his opportunity to see the field and as he continues to learn a little bit more about, uh, about the American game, you know, in terms of angles and, and pursuit and, and things of that nature, uh, I think he's going to be a physical force, uh, you know, out on the football field for, for UH. Uh, I'm, you know, count me in as among those who are excited to see him, you know, lace up and, and start to hit people because he's physically got the tools. It'll just be a matter of how quickly he can get adapted to uh, the American style of play and uh, how effective he can be and how quickly. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the reason they that Hawaii come down here early to try and find these players that can be molded and developed quickly because we saw with, you know, someone like Jared Hayne who tried to pick up the game in the NFL without having any experience at all. It is tough to pick up those those mental games. So um, I, I'm I'm in that camp as well. I'm excited to see Max take the field and start smashing some people. It'll be, it'll be fun to see. Uh, last week, uh, Nick Rolovich named the starting quarterback. What is it about his game that, that, that you know, really excites you and, and, and will keep the chains moving against this Cal defense, which... Um, you know, isn't isn't their strong suit in in their roster? Yeah, well, I think uh, what excites me about his game is is a different answer entirely than what excites me about his ability to move the chains. And so I'll ask, answer those questions independently. Yep. Uh, Ikaika, his leadership uh, is the thing that gets me most excited about him. His maturity. Uh, he's a six year senior who has been around this program since Coach Nick Rolovich was at Hawaii the last time before he left uh, to go be the offensive coordinator at Nevada. Uh, he's been through just about everything that you can put a college football player through. He has seen seven different offensive coordinators wow. over the last uh, four or five years. Uh, and in, in football, American football, is a sport where continuity sometimes is just as valuable as anything else. You Absolutely. Know, if, you got a guy who's having to learn, um, you know, new system after new system after new system. It's tremendously difficult to find any sort of rhythm and really to find any sort of success. Yep. Uh, and so uh, that I think his maturity level and his command of uh, his command of the huddle and his command of his teammates uh, in crunch time is, I think, 
what excites me the most and and what I admire the most about Ikaika's game. Uh, in terms of his performance on the field and, and the ability to move the chain, uh, Ikaika's a mobile quarterback who throws uh, particularly well on the run, uh, and that's something that I think is going to fit in well with uh, some of the offensive schemes that Coach Nick Rolovich and the, the rest of his offensive staff have put in over the course uh, of the spring and, and over the course of fall training camp. Um, you can expect to see, you know, him moving around a little bit. And I know that uh, in a lot of programs across the country now that that seems to be more common than not, yep. um, you know, the, the idea of getting a quarterback out of the pocket and moving around a little bit. And it's not going to be too much different, I, I don't think, for the Rainbow Warriors. Um, but, you know, I will say this about Ikaika's physical game when it comes to playing football. Uh, when Nick... Rolovich was calling the offense at Hawaii six years ago. He knew what offense he wanted to run, and he went out and he recruited Ikaika Woolsey to be the guy to run his offense. And so Rolo has, has known six years ago that Ikaika Woolsey was physically capable and mentally capable of running his offensive system. Uh, and so for him to be a name the starter six years later when uh, Coach Rolovich is back at the helm of this program uh, was certainly not a surprise to me. And and shouldn't really have been a surprise to anybody who has is, is watched this team over the past couple of months. Awesome. I, I, I enjoyed that insight because, you know, we don't know a lot about him down here. Who are some other players sure, on, yeah. on, on offense that, uh, you know, outside the quarterback position that uh, that the fans are going to enjoy <laughs> watching uh, on Saturday? Some some excitement, some, some game changes. Uh, I'll give you two names in particular to sort of keep an eye out for. Yep. Uh, Diosomy St. Just is a junior running back who uh, wears number 22 if you're going to be in the stands watching the game. Yep. And he so far has been, uh, in my perception, just from watching drills at practice, uh, the most explosive player for the Rainbow Warriors so far uh, this offseason. Uh, his speed and his pad level, you know, as he, as he runs with such speed, He's remarkably close to the ground, which makes him a lot more difficult to tackle. Uh, It makes him a lot more difficult to track as he's moving from side to side trying to evade tacklers. Uh, And he reaches reaches the edge of a defense so quickly and turns up field that he's going to be a problem for defenses to stop this season, regardless of whether it's Cal or or Michigan next week or whoever they play down the line. Uh, And then another name I'll give you is John Ursua, who's a slot receiver, uh, wears number 45, a freshman uh, who... Graduated from high school in Utah, but went and served a two-year church mission in in Paris, France. So he's been out of football for a couple of years and thus sort of fell off of some people's radars. But uh, he has been just about as explosive as they come out of the slot position for for Hawaii over the course of of spring football and then here in training camp. Uh, As quarterbacks tend to move out of the pocket and, and progress away from their first and into their second and third reads, uh, Ursua is a guy who has shown a remarkable ability to get open um, and evade his defenders. And so our quarterbacks for Hawaii have been able to find him, you know, more often than not when they get into trouble. Uh, and that's a valuable asset for any slot receiver to have. And, and he's going to be, a, you know, a safety blanket, if you will, for Hawaii's quarterbacks going into this football season. Yeah, and I noticed when the first depth chart was released last week, seeing his name, um, you know, ahead of someone like Dylan Colley, and, and the Colley name stands out to me as a Colts fan because his brother Austin uh, was very successful before the, the concussions sort of kicked in. 
Um, so yeah, and, right. and, and Dylan played quite well last year. So to see you know John named ahead, I know depth charts are, are not often reliable, but it is it, it did jump out at me to see a freshman yeah. like that, and and to see that he's you know even though he's a freshman, as you said, two years away from the game, is going to be very very mature uh, player for them. Now I'm going to keep an eye on number 22. The the way you just described described his running style, I'm I'm pumped to watch him play. We'll switch over to the to the defense, and um, I'll just. I'll ask you some similar questions to the offense. What, what are the strengths and, and weaknesses of this Hawaii defense, you know, this season? Uh, I think the strengths are are definitely going to be found in the defensive backfield. Uh, the Warriors are are deeper at uh, corner and safety than I think they are at the rest of the position uh, there on on defense, especially in the front seven. And I'll get back to that in a minute. Yep. Uh, but particularly when it comes to leadership, uh, the defensive backs uh, in general and and some names like cornerback Jalen Rogers and, and safety Damian Packer in particular, I think, are the most vocal leaders uh, for the Rainbow Warriors on defense. They're the guys you hear frequently during practice yelling at the not just the defense to pick it up, but at the offense to pick it up. And I'll sort of let you imagine what sort of language they use when they do so. But yep. <laughs> uh, those are the guys that you hear, I think, uh, a, a little bit more often and, and sort of have adopted the, the leadership role for the defense, uh, the front seven is going to be challenged a little bit, a lot of it, by the loss of the the Rainbow Warriors' best defensive player from a year ago. Uh, he was a defensive tackle who, you know, projected by many to be a potential NFL draft pick. Wow. And anytime you you lose a player of that caliber, it's tough on a defense. There's no question that that filling the shoes of of defensive tackle Kennedy Tule Masayali is going to be tough. Um, and you know, quite frankly, he his loss I think is only going to exacerbate what was already a, a shallow group of of defensive linemen. There's not a ton of depth or a ton of size at that position for Hawaii. And I think uh, over the first four weeks of the season, you know, as they play Cal here in Australia, they travel to Michigan to play the the Wolverines in Ann Arbor, and then. Uh, two weeks after that, we'll make a trip to play the University of Arizona and Tucson. Um, and when you play offenses with the sort of caliber of, of athlete that those teams are going to boast uh, on the offensive line, it's going to be an issue for, for Hawaii. Uh, and so they'll have to scheme around sort of those deficiencies in personnel um, for the first four weeks. Uh, but I've got some confidence that if they can – sort of find a way to do that uh, in the front seven that they'll find what they need in the defensive backfield to sort of hold their own against some of these teams. Yep. You mentioned that road, that road trip. That's one hell of a, that's one hell of a stretch, you know, from Sydney to, to at Hawaii, uh, to at Michigan and then back to Arizona. That's, um, that's tough. How does Nick Rolovich prepare his players, you know, for, for, for a road trip like that? Uh, you know, it is tough. There's no two ways around that. There's not really any way to sugarcoat uh, how difficult of a, of a road schedule that is. But uh, the way Coach Rolovich goes about sort of handling that is he just doesn't acknowledge it. You know, he sort of tells his guys that, you know, regardless of where we are, regardless of who we're playing, regardless of how long it's going to take to get there, uh, you know, we've got football to play. Yep. And nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Nobody is going to take it easy on, you know, you can't expect the Wolverines to, uh, you know, let up on the gas pedal, you know, two weeks from Saturday afternoon uh, because they had to travel 
9,000 miles over the course of six days in order to get there. That's not that's not a reality for this football team. So No, not Jim Harbour uh, style either. It's gonna, yeah, no, it's, it is going to be hard. It's going to be hard to land back in, in Honolulu on Saturday and then take off again on, on Tuesday afternoon or, or Wednesday morning for, for Ann Arbor. That's a quick turnaround. It's not a lot of time to prepare for one of the teams that's going to be, you know, in all likelihood, one of the, the four or five best teams in the country this season. Um, you know, preparing for that football team would have been tough if they'd had three weeks worth of training camp to do it. And instead, they're going to get three days in between a game in Australia to do it. So uh, it's going to be tough going, but uh, it's going to say a lot about this football team, how they respond to that adversity that they're going to see in the first four weeks and really turn the corner after those first four games uh, and get into their conference schedule, which is where I think uh, things matter the most for this football team. Yep. Um, you mentioned the Nick Rolovich show uh, before, and, and you're a producer on that show, so you obviously know Coach Rolovich quite well. Have you got? Can you shed some insight in, into him, and maybe re- I don't know how much you can reveal, but have you got a funny story or something you can share with our audience about Rollo? Because you know I've only met him once in person, but he was he was such a good dude, and I'd imagine he'd, you'd have a, f- a few laughs with him from from um, spending a lot of time with him. Sure. Uh, you know, just this morning, Rollo has got. Uh a real dry sense of humor. Yep. Uh, and so if you're not ready for it and you're not listening for it, you might miss some of it sometimes. But um, we were at uh, this press conference this morning. And uh, help me if you don't mind, there's an NRL uh, sideline announcer who has sort of been handling the media duties. Yeah, Warren, uh, Warren Smith. Game. That's him. Yep. Okay, so he is uh, conducting an interview with one of the Hawaii football players earlier this morning. And they talk about the... Uh, this excursion that the Rainbow Warriors have to the Tarongo Zoo uh, tomorrow morning scheduled. And they get to talking about koalas. As this conversation is happening, Coach Rolovich is listening. And and then as it ends, and everybody sort of starts to move on, Coach Rolovich slowly walks back up on stage and and sort of leans into the the microphone and says, uh, I was told not to cuddle with the koalas. (laughs) Don't cuddle. Don't cuddle with the koalas. They're dangerous. That's what I heard. Uh, you know, he's he's a uh, really is a funny guy, but more importantly, he's a guy who cares uh, tremendously about this football team. Uh, it's not frequently that you find a head coach of any program uh, who was also a star player for that program. Uh, you know, just off the top of my head, obviously, Jim Harbaugh at, at Michigan was a a coach who we're going to see here in about a week or so who boasts sort of the same sort of connection to his college program. But there aren't many, you know, there aren't many guys who who were the starting quarterback of a football team who later go on to become uh, the head coach of that same football program. And and in our conversations with Coach Rolovich, um, you know, not so much in regards to, to this television program that I produce, but uh, just in general, since he was since he was awarded the job, uh, he's gone out of his way to sort of convey how much this how much this job means to him. You know, he he has said openly in the past that he credits a lot of who he is as a person today to the fact that he played football for this university and he learned a lot about himself and and the character traits that that he feels strongly about. You know, his family now is also called Hawaii home. And so uh, he feels uh, an above average connection to this football program. Uh, 
and I think that when you find coaches who, who feel that way, who would uh, work a little bit harder and, and stay a little bit longer and be, you know, in some cases be willing to get paid a little bit less uh, to ensure the success of something that they believe in to their core, the way that Rolovich does. Uh, I think it's, it's refreshing. It certainly is, you know, it, it's good for this program. Uh, this program, this football team is in a place where it needed that. Uh, it's yep. been on some tough years lately with, uh, you know, the previous coaching staff and some of the troubles that program had and that coaching staff had when it came to, to recruiting and fielding teams and, and honestly community relations. Um, and so it's, that's, I think is the best way to describe Rolo is, is less about him, you know, on a day-to-day basis and more just, just how cool it is for me. Uh, you know, keep in mind that I grew up, you know, a, a University of Hawaii football fan. I was, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old as I'm watching Nick Rolovich, the mm-hmm. quarterback, That's cool. uh, lead his team to, to, to victories against Fresno State in 1999 or, in, or against BYU in, in 2001. Uh, it's cool to me as, a, as an impartial, uh, you know, fan of Nick Rolovich's outside of my duties as a journalist to see him, uh, you know, back. In at the helm of this program and, and involved in the community the way he has been, uh, it's something that I I feel strongly is going to be is going to be tremendous for this team and um, you know I can't wait to continue to watch what he does uh, in terms of getting this program back on its feet. Absolutely, we're we're going to be there on the day. Uh, myself and my co-host is not obviously here at the moment, but uh, we want some some names of players that you know you think will uh, give us some, the best interviews. You know, the players that are, that have the most fun and some personalities that that won't give you the standard sort of football esque responses. Who would be some guys that we should target uh, when we when we're searching for a few for a few interviews and some comments? Oh boy, okay, let me think about this. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Dylan Cauley, who we've already talked about, I think is, is probably the Rainbow Warriors' best soundbite. Uh, he's um, remarkably well-spoken and is able to sort of uh, talk about football in a way that doesn't sort of seem like uh, generic football talk. Cool. Uh, and so if you get a chance to catch up with Dylan, I think that's probably a good idea. Yep. And I know we have talked about John Ursua already as well, but he's a guy who, you know, I, I don't ever like to compare anybody to Troy Polamalu, but yeah, if you've ever had the chance to to talk with former Pittsburgh Steelers safety Troy Polamalu in person, you almost can't believe that this is a guy who used to put on a helmet and take people's heads off on the field. You know, he was so remark remarkably different uh, out outside of the football arena than he was in there on the field. And John Ursua, I think, is a lot like that. Um, cool. But he's another guy who uh, I think is uh, soft spoken and but speaks well uh, and is, you know, if, if you're interested in really a juxtaposition of personality off the field versus personality on the field, he's another guy to talk to. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not sure how many guys, other guys I can think of uh, off the top of my head who, you know, would be above and beyond creative to talk to. Uh, if you wanted to talk to a guy like Jalen Rogers, who's the cornerback I mentioned, and obviously those guys are a little bit more vocal than yep. some of their teammates. He, he'd probably also be a good guy to speak with. Awesome. Thanks for the thanks for the heads up. It's always good. We just like to um you know speak to the players that you know can give us some good sounds and some good laughs and and, and something that our listeners will appreciate. Uh, before we let you go, and I and I really thank you for joining us and in, in, in giving us just tremendous insight to Hawaii and the football program and and Coach Rolovich's passion because. 
I've only seen it in in limited patches, and and you've given a really good detailed you know um, outline of, of that passion. What's your thoughts on the actual game itself? Who you know they're they're twenty point underdogs, but how do you see the game playing out? And what's your what's your prediction for the for the final score? Oh boy, yeah, you're going to really put me on the spot. Oh, I've huh? put you on the spot, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you what, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting for me to see how Hawaii's defense. Uh, response to to Cal, uh, and I say that not just because it's it's sort of the aspect of the team that we we as the media have had the most concerned about in training camp, but um, it's also the the place with Cal's offense that I think has has been the weakest. You know, as as they sort of prepare for their season, uh, they lost. You know, obviously their starting quarterback who was the first pick in the NFL draft, and Jared Goff. Yep. Uh, six of their top receivers from a season ago have either uh, left because of graduation or the NFL draft or other reasons. So they're not only replacing quarterback, but they're replacing, you know, their top six pass catchers from a year ago. Uh, They have some strength when it comes to the offensive line. They bring back four returning starters and they've got a pretty solid core of running backs. And so that'll be a handful for, for Hawaii to handle, but uh, you've got inexperience on Hawaii's defense. And then you've got inexperience in the backfield of, of Cal's offense. And so those, Two things are sort of going to balance themselves out uh, for the Rainbow Warriors if they're lucky. And then it'll be all about how well Ikaiko Woolsey can sort of uh, take the reins of the offense after being named the starting quarterback and uh, and move the chains. Um, in lieu of a final score, I'll give you this prediction. I think the Rainbow Warriors cover the spread. How's that? All right. That's cool. I like that. It's um, it is tough when you you, you got to cover a team and they're 20-point underdogs in a foreign country. So I... Uh... I like that. So, and that'll help out some of the sure. some of the punters down here that uh, will have a bit of a flutter on the game. There's some uh, there's some tips from uh, from yourself. Uh, thank you, Ian, for for joining the show, and uh, hopefully we bump into you on the day, and um, you know we can uh, have a bit of a chin wag, and and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in Australia, and uh, we look forward to maybe even if you uh, if you come back down uh, heading back down here in in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, sounds good. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, on on Saturday as you make your way to the game, seek me out. We'll uh, we'll we'll stop and have a chat. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Ian. And just for anyone listening, you can follow on uh, Ian on Twitter at Ian Shuring, and you can check out all of his coverage. Give him a follow, and uh, he's in Sydney all week. Thank you very much, Ian. Yep. No worries. See you soon. All right, a big thanks to Connor and Ian for joining the show. I hope you really enjoyed our Sydney Cup preview podcast. Let's hope that's an annual thing. As as Connor said, that it may possibly be a thing that, that Cal may consider in opening their college football season in Sydney. Uh, wouldn't that just be spectacular to have a, a college fixture that actually means something in Sydney every single year? So hopefully this is something that we can do on a yearly basis and, and cover the game well and, and cover the event for it for everyone and uh, a big thanks to Connor and Ian for joining the show uh, it's just really good to, to get a different perspective on the game from those that cover it and know it the most uh, uh, Ian's insight into Hawaii especially and, and Coach Rolovich was something I really really enjoyed and uh, we heard Woot's uh, prediction for the game in between those interviews so I'm going to go in between Connor and Ian here and I'm going to take the over on the total game score uh you know, Connor thinks this Cal's going to put up some big points, which is fine. And I think Hawaii might put up some points as well after hearing what Ian said about uh, uh, Ikaka Woolsey in regards to in, in regards to the Hawaii offense. So I, I think Hawaii will cover the spread, 
but it'll be over the total game score. So do with that what you will, but that's my prediction. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this college preview show. Please check out the show on Wooshka. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn. Uh, we're on Radio Hub. So please check us out. You know, please share and retweet as, as much as possible. I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, you can follow the show at Wooten Y on Twitter and on Facebook, The Wooten Y Show. Please follow Ian at Ian Shuring and Connor at Con underscore Cron. I'm Josh Y. Thank you very much. <laughs>